as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. We continue with Samson uh, today, and uh, you know we've been walking with this uh, strong guy and discovering that the strong guy has a whole lot of weakness going on in his life, right? And so you remember the first week we uh, wandered with him to Timnah, and we saw weakness taking control of his life, and then uh, last week we wandered with him down to Gaza, and uh, we saw his own emotional destruction where he follows emotions instead of uh, God's purpose in our life, and today. Uh, we'll take another step in understanding him. And uh, the title today is Gradual Atrophy. And uh, what we'll see hopefully today uh, is just a stark awareness, uh, kind of blunt awareness of how gradual sin can really uh, lead us to ultimate destruction too. Okay, And uh, Samson becomes the model for that uh, for us today. And to kind of give you an image and describe that, uh, you know, I live uh, not too, too far from here, and my house is uh, surrounded by trees, and so it's kind of in the woods. And if you've ever lived in the woods, you know that one of the realities of uh, living in the woods is you need to buy these, uh, these uh, little things called mousetraps. You're familiar with that principle, right? You live in the woods, especially this time of year, right? So, you know, I got mousetraps all over my house. Well, not all over my house, but... I got mouse traps, okay? And uh, I got to admit, I mean, I don't like get home from the office every day and go, geez, I wonder, wonder how the mouse trap's doing, you know, and go around and check my mouse traps every day. I mean, I just don't do that, right? Uh, but I don't have to do that uh, because the reality is that if I get a mouse in one of my mouse traps, eventually they tell me. Is this, is this the way it works at your house? Yeah, so they get into the mousetrap, right? And then, you know, three or four days later, they kind of say, hello, I'm over here. And you can feel the stench, right? You say, whoa, I think I need to do something here, right? Uh, Well, you know, when it comes to Samson today, uh, what we're going to see is that same kind of process. He puts himself in a position of being trapped. But the experience is so gradual that, that he just keeps giving in little by little, step by step, until finally, ultimately, his life just stinks. It just stinks. But by then, he has no options. At least it seems to him. Let's dive into it. We're in Judges 16, okay? So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be at Judges 16. Is that classic story of uh, Samson and Delilah, Okay. And it starts out saying in verse 4, Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah who lived in the valley of Sorak. couple things there. First of all, notice I highlighted for you, sometime later. Is this happening all at once? Of course not. This is a gradual thing in Samson's life. In fact, if you've been with us for these series, you've noticed we've wandered from Timnah to Gaza now to the valley of Zorak, Right? And just to give you an awareness of where we are, hometown is here, right? God's people over here. And where has Samson gone? Well, he kind of wandered initially over here to Timnah. 
Then he wandered way down to Gaza. Is that Gaza way down there? He wandered way down to Gaza. Now he's up here in the valley of Sorak. Do you notice something about where Samson is spending his time? Where's he spending his time? He's spending his time over in the enemy's territory, isn't he? He's not surrounding himself and spending his time uh, over here with God's own people. He's spending his time over here. What's going on? Well, the reality is one of Samson's problems is that he's spending all his time in enemy territory. And when you spend all your time in enemy territory, you open yourself up and you become vulnerable to what the enemy wants to do in your life. And so once again, we get Samson. He goes four miles down the road to Timnah, and he experiences weakness. He goes further into the enemy camp down to Gaza, and he experiences emotional destruction. And today, once again, what does he do? He takes another step. He goes back into enemy territory. He goes back to the Valley of Zorak, and we'll see the same kind of outcome. I mean, is there kind of an awareness going on here? I mean, Samson is doing... Remember, he doesn't fly to do this, right? He's walking his way every single time. He is walking his way to Timnah. He's walking his way to Gaza. And now he's walking his way to the Valley of Zark. And every single time as he's walking his way, he has every opportunity to turn around and change his mind. But he doesn't. He just keeps going. And so this time he goes to the Valley of Zorak and uh, sees Delilah. Now, you need to know about the Valley of Zorak. When, uh, when the people of God were ready to go in or were thinking about going in to take the land, you remember they sent out the spies? And the spies went in and they found all kinds of lush fruit and great stuff and they brought samples of it back saying, wow, this place is incredibly good. Well, one of the places they apparently went was this valley. And when they went to this valley, what they took back were these ginormous grapes. This valley was known for incredible grape production. Now, any valley that becomes known for incredible, incredible grape production is going to eventually become known for incredible what? You know the story. Yes, that's how it works, right? You got incredible grapes, you get incredible wine. So what's going on? What is this place? This place is like Vegas of the Old Testament, Okay. What happens in the Valley of Zorak stays in the Valley of Zorak. No, they got out. We learned about Samson. Right? No, this is like this is like Sin City here, right? This is the place with wine flowing and all the pleasures, everything. Where is Samson going? He's going right to this place. You see, when you put yourself in a position of vulnerability, what do you think the most likely outcome is going to be? When you put yourself in the position of vulnerability, what do you think the most likely outcome is going to be? And so Samson, once again, he leaves the territory of God's people and he goes to the valley of pleasure. And when he gets there, he sees Delilah. Now the trouble is, Samson sees Delilah and he falls in love with her and he becomes absolutely committed to her. The only problem is it appears Delilah is not committed to him in the least. In fact, she is willing to sell out Samson for the right price. 
the rulers of the Philistines went to Delilah and they said, entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. There's usually five Philistine rulers. She's going to get 5,500 pieces of silver. This is a darn good paycheck. And Delilah is more interested in her own self-benefit than she is in Samson's benefit. Now, there's a principle here. We we may not like it, but it's a biblical truth for us. If you're a Christ follower and you've been into the Word, you've got to understand the simple, basic truth. When you hang out with God's people, they are commanded to look out for your best interests. Right? Honor Christ, put others first. Inside the community he's talking about. Honor Christ, put others first. But when you go out in the world, those people are not looking out for you. They are looking out for themselves. Samson goes out into vulnerable territory, and he falls in love with Delilah. But is Delilah looking out for Samson in the least? Not at all. Delilah's looking out for Delilah, right? And this is the truth, people. The, the world is not looking out for you. You may, you may be in some kind of relationship that you think, well, you know, I mean, after all, they care about me. After all, they're really concerned about me. After all, I mean, they wouldn't be this involved with me if they weren't really sincere in their interest in me. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're about themselves. Delilah is absolutely and totally about herself. She is ready to sell Samson out for 5000 500 pieces of silver, like that. You see, you you convince yourself in this gradual atrophy that somehow that other person really is interested in you when you get involved in gradual sin. The truth is they're not. They're really interested in themselves. It's about their own motives. It's about their own interests, about what feeds them, not about what's good for you. This is a hard, simple, biblical truth. It's about them. Delilah is all about Delilah. But Samson, Samson, he begins to walk the path with Delilah of gradual sin. And whenever you start on the path of gradual sin, it will take you further than you want to go. It'll take you further than you think you're going to go. So Samson starts on this this path of gradual sin And Delilah comes to him and says, Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Now, you got to think about this a minute, right? I mean, seriously, this woman is not coy at all, is she? I mean, we're not fancy dancing around on this one, right? She's just coming straight at him and saying, listen, tell me what the secret is so I can get you bound up, right? And this isn't any weird thing going on. I mean, she just wants to know the secret here, right? Wouldn't you think Samson would wake up at this point? But what does Samson do? Samson convinces himself that the path of gradual sin can be controlled. He's got it. He's okay. He can play along for a little while. He can handle it. It won't go too far. And what's the next thing Samson does? Samson replied, 
If I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that had not yet been, been uh, dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. What did he just do? He lied. He lied. That's what happens with gradual sin. You see, you, you start on this path, you just take these little steps and you convince yourself, well, they're okay, they're looking out for me when they're really not. You go on this gradual path of sin and you say, I've got it under control, I can handle this. After all, it's only one little step. One little step. And that one little step takes you deeper into sin and further away from the purpose that God has for you. Remember, Samson was born with a purpose. Remember that? He was born with a clear purpose. It was a miracle that he was born. And he was born with a clear purpose that he was supposed to be the beginning of God's plan to free his people from the oppression of the Philistines. And what's he doing instead? He's taking one little gradual step. One little gradual step and further away from that purpose. He takes the little gradual step Delilah takes it in. She tries it, has some men hidden. She cries out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as, as a, a piece of string snaps when it's burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. And what's he convinced himself of? Got away with it. I got away with it. Isn't that what happens? One little step. And you get away with it. No real damage is done. One little lie. You get away with it. No big consequence happens. One little step into gradual sin. And you convince yourself again. What? I got it. It's okay. Under control. And it happens again. She says, Samson, you've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. And so he tells another lie. New rope. If you just take new rope and you bind me up some new rope, then, then I'll be bound. And then she does the whole thing again. Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he breaks them again. And he gets away with it again. And what does she do? Do you notice the same response both times in 10 and 13? You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Isn't there some irony in this? She's telling him he's the one that's being deceptive? And what is she trying to do? Destroy him. And yet she tries to tell him he's the one that's being the deceiver. And look what happens with his last lie. Don't miss this. This is so cool. His last lie, what does he begin to talk about in his last lie? Weave some of my hair into a loom. What did he just talk about? His hair. What was the Nazarite covenant? No alcohol, nothing unclean, and don't cut my hair. What did he just get close to? You see how gradual sin works? You see how gradual sin works? Oh, I got it under control. It's, it's nothing, no big deal. I've got it. It's really not what it looks like. Really, we're just having lunch. Really, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just showing compassion for her. Or, you know, he's really struggling and he just needs a friend. And you take those little steps and you take those little steps and you tell those little lies. And you get deeper and deeper. 
into gradual sin. And Samson gets closer and closer to revealing the secret. Then Delilah, she pouts. No woman would ever do that. I can't imagine that. She says, how can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now. Isn't that a great irony? She's again accusing him. You're you're the one with the problem. You're making fun of... She's trying to... You get that, right? And you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. Now look at this. You ready? She tormented him with her nagging. How often? Day after day until he was sick to death of it. How does gradual sin work? Day after day until you get sick of it, until you're so stuck in it. Day after day. I mean, what do you want to say to Samson right now? I mean, I mean don't you want to kind of rush into the room right now and say, Samson, buddy, wake up, pal. Have a V8 moment, would you? Right? Samson, run! Run, Forrest, run! Right? I mean, run, Samson, get out of here! You are so deep into a man, you need to just cut and run! You know the truth? That's where some of you are. That's where some of you are. Gradual sin has been working in your life. And you're losing perspective. And you need to be at a place where you just have that. And you just run. You just run. Samson needs to just run. Paul reminds us that that's what God gives us the opportunity to do. He says to the Corinthians, and Corinthians, that was like, you know, Vegas too, right? Corinth. If you think you're standing strong, do what? Be careful. Be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. It's not God. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. You could deal with this, right? When you are tempted, he will show you what? A way out. A way out so that you can endure. What do you need to do? You need to run. You need to just cut it off. You need to stop doing what you're doing. You need to stop convincing yourself you got it under control. You need to stop deceiving yourself that somehow it's all okay and innocent. You need to just stop right now, right in your tracks, and run and get out. Because where you're headed is the same place that Samson ended up, and that was destruction. And the worst part of his destruction is not just the physical reality of what happened to him, but it took him completely away from his very purpose for being on this earth. And he denied his purpose for the sake of an immediate pleas. He denies his purpose, the very purpose God brought him into the world, for the sake of an immediate pleas. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. It's out. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazareth. Does he know what he's here for? And even though he knows it, what does he do? 
If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as anyone else. Even though he knows what his purpose is, what is he doing? He's staying in his gradual sin. He's lost the perspective. He's lost all focus. He's lost his understanding of the power of God in his life. And he's falsely convinced himself that he is still strong. Delilah realized he'd finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. Come back one more time. She said, I finally, he's finally told me the secret. Philistine's ruler returned, money in hand. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head on her lap, and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair, and what happened? In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength did what? Left him. Samson, strongest man on earth, is now nothing. His gradual sin has left him to nothing. And even worse, he's still convincing himself, he's still trying to convince himself that it can't touch him, that he'll pay no consequence, that somehow his gradual sin, he'll get out of it, he'll get by with it like he always did before. And so what happens? Look at the text again. It says, Delilah cries out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And when he woke up, he thought, now here's where his mind is. Here's what he's thinking. Here's where his head is. I will do as before and shake myself free. What is he thinking? Got away with it before. Got by with it before. I can do it again. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. You see, we try to convince ourselves there's no consequence. We don't look at the disaster that comes after. Samson wasn't looking at the destruction that was now on his doorstep. Paul reminds us, it's really clear, for the wages of sin is what? What's he trying to tell you? Listen, if you, if you stay in gradual sin, you're going to pay a consequence. It's unavoidable. Just like me falling off the step, right? It's unavoidable. I don't know why I do that. I just want to get right in your face, you know? But, you know, that's what he's doing here. He's just getting right in her face. He's saying, look, don't, don't deceive yourself. There's a consequence. There's a consequence. And Samson experiences that consequence for this, this gradual sin. The consequence, he's captured by the Philistines, and his eyes are gouged, gouged out, and they take him down to Gaza, and he's bound with chains, and he's forced to grind grain in the prison. Think about this. This man who was born for the godly purpose of being the one who begins the process of God's plan to free his people from the oppression of the Philistines is now the servant of the Philistines. You see how far he's come? This is the power of gradual sin. He has moved so far away from his purpose that now he serves the very oppressors that he was sent to free. Isn't this amazing? Now here's amazing. You ready for amazing? This is one of the most amazing verses in the entire scripture. If you remember any verse, this is the one you got to remember. Right? Put it on the top ten list. This is an amazing, amazing statement. 
Samson did everything wrong. He did everything outside God's purpose for his life, didn't he? And yet, what's the outcome? In verse 22, here he is in prison, eyes gouged out, and what happens? But before long, his hair began to grow back. What's that tell you? That tells you there is a good God. There is a good God. There is a gracious God. There is a God who is greater than all your faults and all your failures. There is a God who can take you out of your gradual sin, and and when you run to him, he will lift you up and take your life to a better place. There is a God who is so great and loves you so much and will not let you go, even if you've done everything wrong up to this point in your life. There is a God who is so great and so strong, he is ready to capture your life, renew your life, and lift you out of the prison that you're in if you just turn and run. Just turn and run. And you run to the cross, and you run to Jesus, and you receive everything he did for you, and you don't have to do anything but open up your life and open up your heart and say, Jesus, I need you. I can't do it myself. And your hair will begin to grow back. Your life is going to start growing into the direction and the place that you could never get it to grow all on your own. Why? Because you have a great God, you have a good God, and this God will not let go. He knows why you're in this earth. He knows what your purpose is. He knows what your life can mean, and he is not going to give up on you because he knows your life can grow. Isn't that a great verse? That's all in that verse, people. Woo! That is an awesome verse. You ain't going to know that verse. Bald guys like me love that verse. (laughs) Right? And you know how else? Sinful people like me, we love that verse. Because that's our hope. That's our hope. Our life can grow no matter where it's been. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses, you see, he's done this before. You're not the first time. He's done it before. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Just run. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Learn from Samson. Just run. I don't know where your life is, but I know where it can go because you have a good God, and this good God will not let go. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. You are such a good God. And our lives don't measure up. We know that. We know we get captured. We know we get involved in that gradual sin. We know we deceive ourselves and others deceive us. It's so easy. It's so easy. And Lord, we know you're the answer. So today we just come to you. And Lord, I pray over everybody in this room, especially anybody that just just needs to cut some stuff out of their life, just needs to cut it off and run. Lord, give them the will, the desire, the strength. Let them be, Samson, in strength to just turn to you 
know the grace, the words, the desire to have that life you would choose for them. Father, don't let go of us. Don't let go of us. Let our lives grow the way you want them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.